The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-hosts, my fellow house guests, Michael Pena. What's up, people? And, listeners, yes, I said house guests, the Scrambleverse has scrambled things and has pulled in somebody from the Poppy Chulo Radio multiverse. Please welcome our very special guest, a Big Brother superfan, Legionnaire. Hello, what's up, listeners? All right, Legionnaire, we pulled you from summer camp to join us here in the Big Brother house. And I am glad to be here. Yes. A quick shameless plug to another podcast that we have called Summer Camp. If you want to listen to us babble about sometimes ridiculous, sometimes really good movies, listeners, feel free to check it out anywhere you find this podcast. I'm just saying. All right. So we're going to get into this episode, the the first live votes and eviction question mark of the summer. But first, because Legionnaire is new... I want to give him the chance to answer the questions that Michael Pena and I answered during the very first podcast, and that is, Legionnaire, what's your relationship with Big Brother? How long have you been following along with the show? Are you a super fan? Um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that I would give myself, I would rise to the level of super fan, but I will say that I have watched every season of Big Brother, including all of its uh, well, I guess not all of it, but it's been off of um, Celebrity Big Brother. So, yeah, I, I am definitely a fan of the show. Um, I have loved watching how it has evolved uh, from season one to where it is today. And um, so, yeah, I guess in that sense, I am definitely a huge fan, if not necessarily a super fan. All right. I like it. Super fan adjacent. Yes. Okay, sounds good. And uh, over the course of Big Brother, who have been some of your most favorite players of all time? Um, I thought that this would be hard, but it's not. I have to start with I have to start with Will Kirby. Um, only because I admired the fact that Will told them girls from the very beginning that he was going to be shysty and they still kept him around. And somehow he was still able to, you know, move through the game and everything. And I just thought that that was, I always felt that that was just amazing. Um, I love Danielle. Danielle is definitely a favorite of mine. I think that she should have won big brother three. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, her heart, my heart has always been with her. Um, some of the other winners I thought were okay, but, you know, if I had to rank my favorites, I would definitely have to give those to certainly um, Taylor, uh, Taylor Hale. I mean, you know, that girl is phenomenal. She overcame so much um, during her season to ultimately win the game. Um, 
um, when she was at the bottom of the pack for so long, um, but fought her way back. I thought that was just excellent. Um, so yeah, so that I won't spiral down the rabbit hole. Those, those, that's where I'll stop. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the episode at hand. It is day nine outside of the Big Brother house with Julie and the studio audience, but it is day six inside of the Big Brother house where we pick things back up. Oh, well, well really quick, Michael Pena, live audience. You were, you wanted that. Yeah. It gives it more, it is like more lively. It's no, like, it's, it's the energy. Yeah, yeah. It pumps you up yeah. more, you know, it's, it, you need that live audience. It's like a wrestling and it was cool when they tried to keep going during the pandemic, but there's no live audience. You don't get the feel, the, you know, the feed, the hype. And it felt really nice. It felt really good. I felt like I was more invested because of it. Okay. All right. We were all invested because we pick up uh, in the Big Brother house after the veto meeting. We know Hysom did not use it. Kirsten and Miss Felicia remain on the block. And after the veto meeting, there was a situation about numbers and numbers forming because the house is becoming divided. So a new alliance forms. The bye-bye bitches add a couple more bitches, and uh, they graduate and become the professors <laughs> because it appears as if uh, the house is being split along age lines, it seems. Let's talk about the professors. What did we think of the formation of the professors and how the professors came about legionnaire um i was here for it um i I know that there's definitely a tendency not to um well i say a tendency to uh underestimate the older players um because of physicality and other things like that so i like the idea of the um uh, more seasoned uh people more vintage people um banding together to say hey uh, you know, this is not um, exclusively uh, a young person's game. So I, I was here for it. What about you, Mr. Pena, the professors? I mean, I have to agree, man. I like it was smart. They understood that the other side was building their numbers to have eight, and they knew they're only a group of five. You got to add more. And it worked out considering that they added only the young people to make it eight on the other side of the house. So the bye-bye bitches were like, well, hell, we'll take what's left essentially right and bring them in now so if they try to swing it the other way you know you really can't uh we already know they're part of a group already so i and it was true right because I, I noticed it too initially like man these look a lot older but it just it happened in a sense to fall that way so they just kept it that way so the young stuck with young and then the older were together initially the five and it's like well they just keep it all so they got a few more of the older um house guests and it's, it's going to be kind of cool to see man and I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead. I just want to say it now. You had the groups form. I just love that what Red did because Red was coming in late, right, essentially to a group. He was happy to be part of a group. It reminds me of The Office. When anyone asks you to, if Dwight ever asks you to form an alliance or join him, it's always absolutely. And in this case, Red said absolutely to the professors, and then he goes to the HOH and wants to confirm, essentially, if what the professors told him was true about the other side of the house. So when he names her alliance to her face, specifically every single one, 
face is just like a head, deer in headlights, and he's like, that's the confirmation I needed. I was like, that was a badass move that he did. That, that was awesome. That was such a smoking move. <laughs> well, I let's talk about this. I mean, let's continue this conversation then. Let's talk about a house truly divided. Michael Pena just brought in the red conversation. Let's bring in the Izzy conversation. Because Izzy goes up and chats with Riley, and we see a type of HOH house guest dynamic that I feel like we've never seen outside of maybe Aza two seasons ago when Aza would go up to the HOH and the HOH would be like, who would you nominate? And she would be like, I, I'm coming after you. And, like, nobody would take her seriously. <laughs> but she would, like, directly tell each HOH, you're on my radar. I'm coming after you. We got something similar, but to, like, the 50,000th degree with Izzy. Izzy was basically like, let's cut the bullshit. I know you've got your side. I'm on the other side. And it's cool, you know. <laughs> I'm not necessarily coming for you, but, you know, it would be nice if you didn't come for me either. And, you know, let the chips fall with the chips fall in regards to our alliance. So there, there was that, which I found cracked in a good way, batshit crazy, and spectacular all wrapped into one. Legionnaire, our girl Izzy. What, what the I'm, hell? I'm right, I'm, I'm right there with you. It was definitely something I can't, I can't recall ever having seen to that degree, uh, especially so early in the game where, you know, people already understand that, you know, they have to start setting up their alliances and the house got divided so early. Um, she she went and said, look, girl, I'm not coming for you, but please understand I am not your ally. You know, let's let's be clear. I may not be coming for you today, but I know that you have your own group and I know that I'm outside of it. So just understand you know, and she, she just she, she laid it out all on the table and I was just like, well, damn. OK. I, yeah, like you, I, I've, I can't recall ever having seen anything like that. But again, you know, in, in this game, uh, I, I'm here for all of the stuff that just kind of blows my mind. And that was definitely one of those moments. Yes, expect the unexpected what, in a big way. Mr. What Benya? I found, what I found interesting was I felt like it was effective because of the way they both are. Had Riley been a more aggressive or not taking it or more assertive HOH, I think the conversation would have been very different and could have actually been equal or gotten worse because of it, but because Riley was so passive and she just had a conversation with Red that already freaked her out. So she got double deer in headlights hearing this from her who's coming a little more aggressively this time and it's like, oh shit. And that's why she's like, I'm taking the hits. I'm going after the fires. And she's a good, like, she seems like a legit, like, cool person. And she's not mm-hmm. used to this. Had it been someone like, hell, Tiffany, I mean, she ain't going to take it. Kind of like, hold, let, let, let's back up, you know, have this conversation direct. You know, it sounds like you're third name, even though I know you're not, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like because it was like a perfect storm. And it just mm-hmm. hit her from both ends. A beautiful bad cop, good cop. And this person was guilty, but didn't want to admit it. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, props to Red. I'm still not sure really what Red was trying to do, because that was hella sus. I feel like Red was almost much more, like, in your face than Izzy was, even though Izzy was incredibly in her face. Like, dude, like, you're just naming her whole alliance. Like, I'm I'm just chilling here. I'm an observer. And I was just observing. This is your entire alliance. <laughs> and I was like, what? But I think that was his way. He but needed it... the confirmation. No, true, true, true. No, yeah, he wanted to make sure he was on the right side. And he wanted to make sure the other side was other siding. And, uh, yeah, but, but she might not have confirmed. Also... But, you know. Go ahead, Legioner. No, I was going to say, but for me, it also it's also one of those things that, that confirms, at least for me, in terms of how I've watched the show over the years, is that nothing is ever as secret as people think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, people have their, you know, little conferences and little confabs and stuff. You know, you have to remember that, one, there are cameras all over the house, and two, you all are living, I mean, no matter how sprawling the house seems to be, that house is small. So it's not a whole lot of places where you can have truly, truly, truly secret, you know, conversations and things that won't get out and get around. Um, So, yeah, it was just really, it was just really interesting that he put it out like that. And I like the way he did it just by saying, you know, not that I overheard anything, but just that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm just here around the house and I see shit. You know, I mean, you guys are not crafty as you think you are. Um, this house is not as big as you think it are, as you think it is. And, you know, think things can be found out fairly easily if you pay attention. So question to both of you. Why didn't she not question her own group when Red specifically named the names? Like the entire you know, group was named, but she didn't say, like, man, I wonder if someone's talking. No, she took his word, like, oh, he observed this, rather than questioning, we might have a rat in our group. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good point, because there is a rat in the group. So you are right about that. Uh, but a good rat, like like Remy and Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but, um, exactly. yeah, there is. There's a mole. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder why she didn't think about it that either, we also have to remember this is being edited, so there are hours and hours of footage that people can rewind to on the live feeds and, and that sort of thing. So maybe the conversation was much more expansive. Um, but, yeah, I do wonder why she didn't question it a little bit more. It is also week one. A lot has happened in week one with just the formation of yeah. alliances and basically both sides of the house clocking each other. I mean, this is like a month of Big Brother gameplay over the course of, like, eight days. Yeah, a lot. Definitely a lot went on. A lot. And speaking of a lot, we uh, discussed this yesterday with the the announcement that came out uh, via the various pop culture entertainment news sites, but now we got to see it from uh, the point of view of the actual show. Luke's expulsion from the Big Brother game and the fallout from it. Uh, So uh, Luke said the N-word, and uh, we got to see everyone's sort of reaction to it. Uh, I was hoping that we were going to get some more, like, Jared clarification in the diary room. We did get some of that, and then we saw Riley announce it to the house guests 
Corey tried his best to explain what happened from his POV, um, but th this was weirdly edited, and I, I wish that we would have seen more of the dialogue um, after Corey said what he said. Um, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. It, it seemed very strange to me, and I did not like how it was edited at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if. Well, no, I don't yeah. know. Uh, let's talk about this, Legionnaire. You were not here with us yesterday to discuss the initial news of Luke's expulsion. So I want to get your take on it. And what did you think of how it was expressed in the episode? Oddly enough, you know, I've always shied away from watching the live feeds. Um. You know, only because it's just it's not time that I really invest in 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 checking it out. But sometimes, you know, when I'm when there's like nothing else on and I'm up late and things like that, or if there's nothing on that I want to watch, I'll have it on as background noise. Um, and I actually I saw it. You saw it saw live. It in, yeah, I saw it live and heard it. And when I when I heard it, like I, and I wasn't like watching watching it. But I heard it, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck did I just hear? And when I heard it, it was just like, whoa. And and I even, that's, then it caught my attention. Then I saw how um, Jared kind of like was like, whoa. But then, you know, um, um, I can't even think of the guy's name now. He tried to give it context, and yeah, you know, everybody kind of just like, yeah, Luke, and everybody kind of just like, uh, okay, and then um, uh, Corey and, and what's his name just left. They heard it and was like, uh, they quickly exited, but then Luke just kept talking, and then Luke left, but then he came back and tried to, you know, you know, at that point when he came back, um, Jared wasn't going to talk about it anymore. He was done with it. He was like, okay, you said it. You know, we kind of we're gonna let the moment pass. We're gonna let it go. We're gonna leave it alone. But then Luke was trying to, you know, he was trying to backpedal it. And I think that's, I think that's where it got to the point where the producers couldn't ignore it. Um, well, I don't think they could have ignored it. Period. But I think at the point that he was trying to backpedal on it, it made it worse. And it just definitely spiraled it into a situation that just couldn't be ignored. Now, to Jared's credit, I think Jared understood the power of intent. And I don't and, and even though it was it was a foul thing to say he should never have said it, I, I can't help but think that intent counts for something in this situation. Um so I give Jared credit for trying to come from that space but at the end of the day like he said they they were clearly you know those rules are clearly spelled out in the very beginning before they ever before they ever get a key to say that they're in the house um so you know in, in this climate of of um political correctness and, and racial tensions and everything else there's just there's clear there's going to be a clear line of zero tolerance for anything like that. And if the producers had allowed that to be on the live feeds and not address it, even though, you know, some of the other house guests tried to smooth it out and move through it, it would have been a bigger problem than it, than it was. Mr. Pena, we saw it 
in the show, in the context of the show. I want to get your take on it you as do. well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I love everything Legionnaires said. I agree with everything you said. It kind of continues from, like, from what I said yesterday. I love what Jared said in the diary room. He said there was no, you know, you confuse ignorance for malice. What he said was out of yeah. ignorance. There was no malice behind it. And he got what he deserved. And he got, yeah. that was the rules. I mean, the Jared, the way he explained it is exactly how I felt about it. Like, man, we're like, it was so dumb. But that's what you get. It was there. Yeah. Now, yeah. hopefully you learn, you know. And don't get me wrong, you got way, and, and I kind of like the way, the way Corey explained it is the way I initially thought about it when I saw the little clips online about it. Like, there was, he got too comfortable, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm calling you this to be forceful. It was just the unfortunate, stupid thing to say when you get too comfortable with stupid people saying stupid things, and that's what, that's what he is. That's what he does. And he got what he deserved. <laughs> And I hopefully people learn from this. And, and I know you disagree with me in the way Jared handled it a little bit, uh, Jeff, but I still give credit to him because, unfortunately, it is a fact on how you react. And Jared mentioned it. Like, you can't, like, he wants to be a little more angry, a little more uh about it, but you can't because of the perception. I watched Survivor last season. There was a Latina on there, and she kept herself purposely in check because what are Latinas and Latinas known for? Getting hot and heavy, right? And she mentioned that. And that's just an unfortunate stereotype that we have to break down little by little because of it. And it forces any race to kind of like, they unfortunately have to be a little bit bigger. But I love the fact that he knew eyes were on him. And he expressed, you can see the anger, right? Like, I feel like you couldn't really initially see it until we saw the diary rooms. And you can see like, man, like, come on, dude. I, I like that they showed, like, he wanted to say more, but he didn't. Or he needed more time to kind of like gather the words but i'm glad they addressed it i'm glad they showed it and i'm glad they didn't put up with it yeah what about you what about you jeff i well first of all i'm glad he got expelled number one i mean if you break the rules you break the rules and you leave and that's what ended up happening (laughs) with him just to reiterate a point that i made yesterday white people if you're listening non-black people do not use the n-word Yes, you might hear the N-word with the A in music and in movies. Do not use the N-word. It is not your word to use. That's the one word you can't use. All right? Thank you. That's my PSA to to all the non-black people that might be listening to this podcast. (laughs) Now, listen, I'm not going to tell a black man how he should react. I did feel a little disappointment just because I felt like that could have been a teachable moment, more of a teachable moment if Jared had said something to him. Because the way that Luke said it, and I mentioned this last time, it was very casual. So that to me means you use this word around your friends. Like, you know, you might use it around your white friends, you might use it around your black friends, your Latinx friends. You use it casually. So Jared could have, like it could have been a teachable moment to explain that non-black people should not be using the term. So I felt like he was way too laid back about it. That's how I felt about it yesterday. I still feel about it today. He explained a little bit more in the diary room um, just because, you know, any sort of reaction could have been taken in any sort of different way, and I I get that. 
What I also didn't care for, and maybe it was just the way it was edited, I don't know. But the when Corey was trying to explain it, and then Jared kind of shut it down, like, I was like, y'all could have had this entire conversation about it. And it could have been, like, really interesting, and, and maybe even educational for non-black people out there that use the word. You know what I'm saying? That use it casually, and that sort of thing. I don't know. I, I, that's something that I, I wish they could have done a little bit more with. But the man was expelled, as he should have been. He broke the rules, and it was fine. And he kind of knew that he fucked up. Like, he knew it. Like, he, he felt like something was coming, and something did come. I mean, it didn't happen immediately, but it happened that morning. And, uh, yeah, bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> to put a pin in this conversation, I just want to... I want to make sure that I'm clear in exactly what I wanted to express about the actual incident, and then I want to sort of nitpick two things. Or maybe it's all going to be a nitpick. I don't know. But um, I guess my final sort of thing about the actual incident in hand is I don't like that Luke was not sort of confronted about it immediately because at the end of the day, I feel like it gives non-black people sort of like almost the okay that it's fine to use that word, even colloquially, um, you know, because he said it so casually. So that means that he uses it, I would assume, in his daily life, and no one has really called him out on it or expressed you know, why he shouldn't use it. So there's that. And then the other two things that I want to reference is in regards to the conversation that the house had when they found out the news that Luke was expelled. When Corey was giving his sort of take on what happened because he was there as a witness, I feel like both Hysom and Jared you know, immediately wanted to disassociate themselves from the conversation because of maybe how um, it would have been sort of perceived by the house guests in regards to their actions and non-actions during the moment. Because, I'm sorry, Hysom, you seem like a nice person, but there's no way in hell that I believe that you did not hear the word drop. Now, I don't know how big the room is, you know, we were watching it, you know, from different angles, but it looked like Jared was the one that was furthest away from Luke, and he heard it. Corey heard it as well, and let's be for real, your face gave it away. The look on your face when you heard him say it gave it away that you heard it, and the way that you immediately left the room, sort of uncomfortably, means, in my opinion, that you heard it. And then your conversation, which was not shown, but it was shown on the live feeds, after with Jared, where you basically said, oh, and I'm paraphrasing, but you were like, oh, I love Luke, he's so unfiltered, and that sort of thing. You heard it. So there's that. And then Jared, I think he wanted to shut down the conversation when, in reality, they should have had the conversation as, you know, the house guests, because this was a house meeting, 
Jared shut it down because I think he did not want to, he did not want the black women in the house to perceive him some type of way because of how he handled himself in that situation. That's my take on it. Um, because there is no other reason for the house to not have dealt that together versus how Jared was like, this should be handled on a more individual type of basis. So that's just my whole thing. Those are my final two cents on it. Let's continue on with the episode at hand. Next up, it's time for the live vote and eviction. Because we actually do have a live vote yeah. and eviction. I will say this, Legionnaire, last night when we recorded after the POV episode, I was sure because of Luke's expulsion that we were not going to have a live vote and eviction. I was so <laughs> sure of it. Because we've had people expelled Tell before. Tell them how sure you was. I was 99.9999999999% sure. And I'll own it. I'll eat it. I was wrong. But in the past, when people have been expelled from the house, they have canceled the eviction. So maybe here's my thinking. Maybe instead of doing like a double eviction later on, there won't be a double eviction because, you know, they're down a person. That's what, that's what I think. Also, Mr. Pena thought someone else was coming into the house, so you have to eat your mistake because nobody else came into the house. Hold on. I still think someone... Oh, God. People, All know, right. Yeah. I, 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 We're going to go to finale gonna... night, and he's going to be like, someone is going to step into the house <laughs> right now. To be the third house, yes. But you know what I think it could set up <laughs> is uh, maybe a jury battle back. Maybe, maybe a jury battle back. Me. Yeah, because... It's been um, a while, right? So It has been a moment. Because, I'm, not to jump too far ahead, but I was listening to Julie asking the questions and what she was going to reveal. If she doesn't reveal anything, that means that there's a battle back. If she starts revealing all of the tea, that means that they're going home. And she revealed way too much tea for her. I know. Yeah. Same. Okay. <laughs> so, live vote and eviction. They do the live vote as, as you know we've seen in the past. And the results are, by a vote of 13 to 0, Kirsten... You are evicted from the Big Brother house. Now, let me say all this. There was a moment where it looked like Miss Felicia might have been ev evicted because of the conversations in the house, and I was really scared of that. I was like, oh, hell no. Y'all can't vote out my girl. She fell into the damn hot tub. Like, you can't vote out <laughs> Miss Felicia. <laughs> yeah, I was not down for that. So, uh, so you know, as sad as I was for Kirsten to leave, because it was one of those situations where she she went ham a little too soon, um, I was much more glad with Kirsten versus Miss Felicia. As I mentioned, I was listening to Julie's questions. I was like, is she going to say stuff? And then she started saying stuff. And then I was like, okay, Kirsten, you're going home. You're not going to battle back. Uh, first four evictees and that sort of thing. She, like, first of all, Kirsten, like, she was rambling with some of her answers. And I was like, I have no idea what you're saying, but you look beautiful saying it. Like, I was very confused <laughs> as to what she was talking about for a moment. And Julie looked confused as well. She was like, I don't know if that's the question I was asking, but um, okay. And then she ended up revealing the fact that Sari and Jared are related, that they're mother and son, and then she drops some intel that fucking Jared is talking way too much. He's getting comfortable in the house, because he was like, yeah. this is my childhood nickname, and then somebody was like, that was Miss Cerise's child's childhood nickname or something. I was like, oh, Lord. 
Because you know Sari told him several times that he's talked. She told him he's talking too much. I hope, because he's a grown-ass human, she can do this. I hope in, in, like when they get a private moment, she smacks him upside the head. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but it's understandable, man. They're there 24-7. You're not they are there 24-7. You're going to slip, you know what yeah. I mean? It's you're going to forget what to... you can't say, and you're going to forget what you've already said. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. Oh, wait, go ahead. I was going to say, that's, that's a secret that's not going to be kept for very long, I don't think. Yeah, my hope is that they tried to make it to the end with the secret, but I, I, Jer- I feel like Sari is like a lockbox. You aren't going to get any information from her. But Jared is going to say something. And clearly he's already saying stuff, but he's going to say even more. He's going to he, he's going to say mom in front of like everybody. Like it's it's going to be that. <laughs> it's going to be like, "Oh no, it's not cuz you're my mom, it's cuz you remind me of my mom." Like, I don't know. She'll be way too much. <laughs> right. But Kirsten being eliminated 13 to 0. It was, can I tell you, Mr. Pena, when they were doing all of this and Julie had teased, you know, something about is the multiverse going to do something? I thought oh, my prediction was yeah. going to happen. Dude. Did you think for half a second my prediction was going to happen? I honestly did. I was like, okay, either she's going to somehow get saved or she's really going to go into the nether regions instead Julie's of nether being region. evicted. Yes, hers. Yeah, her her ten bot another region. I, I was like, ooh, did he? I was like, did we get another thing right? Or sorry, did Jeff get his gray master plan right? I thought it, I thought it would have been a really cool surprise, but no. I want to continue off of what you had mentioned before. Like they continue with with the uh, the eviction was it made sense because everything was so last minute, and they already had this mapped out. They felt like they can course correct later, and I felt like, yes, they've had non-evictions, but this is week one. I think they didn't want to. I think this happened before, right? There's been a week one where... Paloma got... Week one, right? It was week one? Yeah. But, and because of that, it was so boring. You know what I mean? Like, there was no tension. There was no, like, okay, it's whatever. We already kind of knew, like, where it was going to head, and it was a very boring segment. Here, it kept it going. There was no stoppage. It was like, okay, he's out, whatever. He's not on the block anyway, so he's good. And Paloma was on the block, right, if I'm not mistaken? No, she was not on the block. It was Taylor and I believe Terrence. I don't know. I thought it was three. Okay, those two? Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I figured they want to keep it rolling. I liked it better, to be honest. I feel horrible for Kirsten, but I prefer that it continues the way it did. Well, yeah, no, because I didn't want Miss Felicia to leave. Like, Miss Felicia, like, we need her. Today... Like we need her in the damn house. Yes, one hundred percent. Hey, give credit to Kirsten though. I she fought. She almost changed her mind. Yeah. And what helped with that was because of the whole house divided. Yeah, and that almost kept her. But the mm-hmm. same thing always happens. Someone is too afraid to do something too early. I thought I, I love yeah, Felicia. Exactly. The smarter move would have been to kept Kirsten, but it's like no, it's no, totally, I agree. Check the house. It's like. Dude, why not? She brought up a good point. She would have been indebted. Kristen looks like a, a person that yep. would be super, super like, hey, I owe you. I am with you. Do you agree, Legionnaire? I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And as soon as I saw the first vote for, for Kirsten, I knew the whole – I knew right then the whole house voted for her. I knew it because it's too early for anybody to 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 show their hand like that. Everybody wants to be on the right side of the vote in these early days, and I always and and I always think that's a mistake. That's a, that, that that would never be a mistake that I would make. I wouldn't I wouldn't be that afraid to show my to start showing my gameplay that early because you can always pivot if you're a good player. 
you know, and, and I think there's something to be said by establishing that early, because if you're a good player, you can put your stuff out there, but still be willing to pivot if necessary, you know, so that people can see that you, I think it's better to show that you're a player rather than to just go along with everything until it's safe for you to do something. I think you can do both. I think you can be a great player, be strategic, and, and still make sure that people understand that, hey, you're you're in the game, especially when you're talking about you know, what happens when you get all the way to the end, because you can, you start, you start building your resume from day one. True. That, 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 that would be my personal strategy. I mean, you start building your resume from day one. And if you set yourself up as a person that, Hey, I'm not afraid to mix it up and, and put, and put my stuff out there and then, you know, pivot when necessary. That's, 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 you know, that that's those are those are winning moves, not just the big moves, but the smaller ones that show that you're in the game. You're right. Two points to make on what both of you are discussing. Number one, it is Derek's fault, the the BB winner, Derek. It's his fault for this herd mentality because he's the one that started it his season, and it has been a a bane in the existence of uh, Big Brother ever since he started this. You know, you have to vote with with the group. You have to vote with the group. I hate this mentality. I love split votes. I love, you know, mysterious votes when they appear uh, and that sort of thing because it adds spice to the game. So I agree with you about the herd mentality, and we don't want to, you know, rock the boats by, you know, voting wrong and that sort of thing. I hate that shit. Big time, but it's a part of the current BB meta, and it's annoying, and I wish that they would break free from that. As far as uh, Kirsten almost being saved, the problem is, and it goes to what you were saying, Michael Pena, you hit the nail on the head, Riley's personality. Riley throughout this episode was trying to be like, I'm not the one in charge, you know, I don't want to be seen as the scary person, this, that, the other. But at the end of the day, you are the one that brought mm-hmm. together the group from the scary room that turned it into the handful that has become, you know, this eight-person alliance. Whether you like it or not, you are at the top of the food chain. And because you are a very chill, lackadaisical type of person... That's why you couldn't make the big move. You know, as much Mm. as I love Miss Felicia, if I'm going to put my mind in the mind of the handful, Miss Felicia should have been evicted. Like, she should be gone, because that is a number from the other side. And you have in Kirsten a potential number for your side. And you could have, maybe, if y'all become comp beasts, because, you know, y'all were like two-thirds of the POV competitors and y'all didn't win but if y'all become comp beasts like you could steamroll the house and you all could make it to the end together but because of riley's personality you know she just didn't she didn't have um for lack of better words the cojones to make the power move because the power move would have been to have uh, knock the other side and get one number off of them, and uh, yeah, 
add a number to your own. I mean, that that is like the brilliant move. But they didn't see it. She didn't see it. And I think if she had seen it, like, they all would have agreed. Because even though she's very passive, like, she, everyone seems to like her on her side. I mean, I would say even the other side likes her. I mean, there's no issue with her. She's just not aligned with them, so they got to take her out. Right. I think that was her fear. She's a people pleaser. She's a people and, pleaser. You cannot be a yes. people pleaser in the Big Brother house. And and her style of gameplay is I don't want to rough. She doesn't like confrontation. That's why it ended up being a great HOA. She never. She didn't essentially have to pick the four or the two. Yeah. She still had you know? hid in her HOH room like all the time. No, no, right. But be, because she had that people pleaser mentality, she was afraid if she took the shot at and got Felicia out, the other side would hundred percent go after her and not the group. And she wasn't ready for that smoke. And if she was a good player, like Legionnaire mentioned, you would have found a way to spin it and be like, hey, this was a group decision. We decided this is how, what we want. You know what I mean? Like, there's a way exactly. to do it. Exactly. Dr. Will would have sold it be like, hey. I was I'm just going to say this. Exactly, this. That's exactly, this, this, exactly, I, this that's exactly how Will played this is a Paul we're a friend situation. We all decide together. We talk about it together. This is our thing, you know? But yep. she, she didn't have it. She did not. She did not. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly how Will would have played it. <laughs> but I will say this. I'm glad Miss Felicia's in the house. She's there, and she's able to destroy another microphone. She lives to d- destroy another microphone. <laughs> she's destroyed so many in that house. It's, it's so sad. We need to start a GoFundMe. Random comment. Yeah. I never know. Did they always have that hot that in the yard, that little hidden nook on the top, whatever? They added that yeah. uh, cookout well, one season. season, two seasons ago, so a couple Maybe. seasons ago, right? Yes, I think I just, so. Yeah. I never noticed it really. And I was like, that's kind of a cool place to hide. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sorry to see you go, Kirsten. You had a lot of potential. You will be missed. Like, and you tried. You tried your darndest to stay in that house. And also, you tried your darndest without like bad mouthing your fellow nominee. Which, had there not been an eviction, would have I, I think also uh, you know it, it would have been a plus for her for the bye bye bitches professor side of the house because she didn't. You know, she she didn't like campaign hard against Miss Felicia. Who, oh, um, Kirsten? Kirsten, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and the one thing that I've always hated when people get nominated is that they fall into this funk. Um, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen always, but it happens a lot. And you know, as soon as I see that, it's like, okay, send this bitch home. I just can't. I can't deal with that. It's like, look, it's the game. It's the game, and everybody's number is bound to come up. You gotta, you gotta just, you gotta shift. As soon as that name gets called or, what, or that key gets turned, you gotta shift and start and start laying your groundwork to figure out how you're gonna stay. And all the, and I don't, and it could be editing, I don't know, but all those scenes where Kirsten was just kind of sitting by herself and feeling some kind of way, and I was like, girl, okay, bye, girl, bye, <laughs> I, I can't, <laughs> girl, bye. You know, I used to always criticize that, too. And for the most part, I do. I 80% criticize it. I 20% empathize because they do end up isolating the nominees half the time. 
that's just a pattern, right? Because you're afraid if you associate too much with them, are and and they get voted out. You know, they're gonna think, oh, I had something to be with them. You know, it's almost like they have the plague, so to speak. So I understood where she comes from, but I understand what you're saying too, because I feel like that's the biggest mistake they can do is to isolate themselves. Right. Coming the, to you, you go to right. them and be right. like, hey, like, hey, I'm cool with you, man. You, I'm on the block, so what? Hey, let's hang out. I'm trying exactly. to remember. That. There's some good players that know how to write that. It's actually, look, you know what? You know who's perfect with that? I give it to Dan Geasley. And that guy kept writing the damn yeah. block. He never yeah. felt bad. Yeah. A I think, I think right. the problem... Yeah, his own funeral. I mean, come on. <laughs> the you problem know? this time around is because the house has split so early in the game. And she mm-hmm. was not associated with either side of the house. I mean, I mean, he who shall not be named that was expelled from the house, he was not associated <laughs> with either side either. So there there were just like a couple of people. I mean, at a certain point, Red wasn't associated with either side either. There were like maybe three people in the house that really weren't associated with either of the alliances. So I can kind of understand, you know, the the big alliance that wants her out and that was targeting her. You know, they weren't going to associate with her. And she really, like, she had rubbed the bye-bye bitches wrong, even though, I mean, she she had a friendship with Nicole and that and sort of thing. And thanks for that, Jared. Well, Jared, but yeah. I mean, what can you do? But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm but I, I get why she was feeling isolated. Um, but I also like that it looked like she that funk was just for a moment. Um, because it looked like she was really trying to at least stay in the house and make deals and that sort of thing. What I will say is the person that I feel worse for in the house, that I feel, I guess, the baddest for because Kirsten left, is Matt. Because from what I've seen in the house, based off of BB Twitter and that sort of thing, Kirsten really is the only or was the only house guest that made sure... Matt was included in the conversations. Like, Matt has said he's a lip reader, but when a lot of people talk, you know, he kind of gets lost, you know, because he is the first uh, hard-of-hearing contestant house guest on Big Brother. And uh, there are times when everyone's talking or they're playing games which are, like, sound-oriented, and uh, Matt is kind of lost, and Kirsten would be by his side and communicate what was going on. No one else really seems to do that with him, and my hope is that Matt doesn't feel isolated because of that. So, there is that. And also, Julie needs to figure out something, a hand signal or something. She needs to learn some, some like, sign language so that, you know, after Matt is done with his vote, she can, you know, she can do sign language for bye or thank you, and he can move on. That would actually be really cool if she did that. I think that would be really, really awesome for the I'm legitimately shocked the she didn't the do that community, for the first honest. show. Well, you know, you know, when it's first time, they don't always know do the right thing because it's the lack, right? You don't know what you don't know. And I feel like this was just mm-hmm. a missed opportunity. And hopefully maybe with Twitter or whatever, or people, audience members or whatever, saying something to her, maybe CBS would do something about it. Maybe. I doubt it, but you never know, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully. I mean, yeah. you know, if they're really proud of, you know, this sort of historic first with this type of house guest, like they need to, 
do things to accommodate for that. Like, I'm also thinking of other competitions that are sound-oriented, and I'm like, I hope that they, if if Matt is competing in that, I hope that they're able to adjust for Matt. Yeah. All right. Mm. I feel like we've talked about everything. Before we jump to the very end of the episode, was there anything that I missed, a tiny moment that we would like to discuss before we get into, uh, um, I guess I'm going to call it the twist. Yes, actually. That conversation between Izzy and Suri in the yard. And Suri, like... Oh, you mean the conversation in which Izzy, at least per the cut that we saw in the episode, didn't really properly express exactly what went down to the HLH Yes, mind (laughs) you. I love Izzy's version, though, like... Oh, it was was a very innocent and clean version. Right. But I, I love the fact showing what we were thinking and what we're sort of afraid of, and Sari expressing the same thing. We're like, she loves it, right. but she knows that man, that girl can is gonna flip on a dime on emotion if she doesn't settle down. And yeah. Sari knows herself saying, if this girl gets to a point where I'm gonna be like, hey, you need to calm down and shut up. She's afraid of that explosion, so she has to keep herself in check because she knows the secret. And I feel like if this continues as a pattern for the next couple of weeks, and let's say the other side maybe goes down in numbers, she's going to look and talk to Jared. Hey, if you guys are going to target someone, we need Izzy gone for both of our sakes. What do you guys think? No, I agree with you. Uh, The Internet has been calling Izzy, number one, the Tasmanian devil, because she just runs around. She's chaotic. She's kind of cracked out in a good way, um, and she's doing a lot. They're also calling her Izzy Fields because she's, like, latched onto Sari Fields. <laughs> so she's basically Izzy's daughter. And they, there's this great meme of, like, um, it's all bad Photoshop, but it's bad Photoshop in a spectacular way. It's it's like a family. It is, like, the picture of a mom and her two kids. And it's Izzy, not Izzy, um, it's Sari's face on the mom, uh, Jared's face on, like, the, the son, and Izzy's face on, like, the daughter. And it is just, it's magical. It's you wonderful. You need to send that to me, dude. It's That's so good. If I can find it again, <laughs> if I can find it again, because I didn't save it, because I just died laughing at it. But it's it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, BB Twitter's calling her Izzy Fields. BB Twitter is a little split on Izzy. As a viewer, like, I'm loving her, because she's kind of cracked down and she's batshit crazy in the best way possible, and it's very entertaining. If I were in that damn house, I do not know what I, like, how I would react to an Izzy. Like, if I were Sari, like, mm-hmm. Sari, you better wusa, you better namyo horenge kyo, you better, you know, embrace your chi. You need to, like, center yourself and calm yourself down every single morning because you're going to have to deal with this woman because she knows your secret. And at the end of the day, you know what, Sari, I'm going to channel this into your mind through ESP. This might be the best thing because if Izzy implodes... Like, I think Izzy is the biggest shield for Sari. Like, as much as Sari might be shields for some of her other bye-bye bitches and professors, Izzy might be the biggest shield for Sari. Because I think, as of this point, Izzy probably would be targeted first over Sari. Now, the problem is, if Izzy's being targeted, and, like, she's, like, the initial nominee... 
will she spill the tea to save her ass? You know what I'm saying? Like, how loyal is Izzy? I feel like she is going to be loyal as long as she doesn't feel betrayed first. I feel like if you betray her first, then she'll betray you. Because she loves Sari. Like, the way that she is on the live feeds, like, she is, like, like the internet is saying, Izzy Fields. You know what I'm saying? There are also really mm -hmm. spectacular videos of uh, Izzy playing the flute. Like, she was a part of the Tiny Desk series for NPR. Like, there are some really great reaction videos that are being used with Izzy that, that are wonderful. But, yeah, she's a, she could be a liability, but yet she could also be a benefit. She could be the biggest shield that Sari Fields has ever had in her life. Legionnaire, what about you? What do you think about Izzy? Do you think she's going to implode, or are you just entertained um, by her um, extraness? For me, for me, it's a little of both. I am entertained by her ex her extraness, but I think if I think if she doesn't rein it in, it it has the potential to be her undoing. Yeah. I will say we saw Izzy Fields wearing the Cerise sparkles on her face um, during the live show. So there was that. Now, Bowie Jane did also have the sparkles. But my assumption, this is my headcanon to the situation, because Sari always forgets Bowie's name, she was like, let me give her some sparkles so that she knows that I like her. <laughs> Michael, you never remember I, her name I, either. Oh, I don't remember her name. I'm horrible with names. If mm -hmm. I don't say your name repeatedly, like it's like a thing <laughs> in there, I would say your name. I'll, I'll, I would straight up forget it. I work with people at my school for like a year. I'm like, their name, because I don't say it. But I want to add on to that. I feel, I mean, I'm going to gamble. I'll say it now. I feel the only reason why Izzy won't divulge the secret is because she's not just a fan. She's a fanatic. She's no, obsessed. she wants to be friends with her outside the house. Exactly. Yes. Because that's yes. going to be worth way more than the money that she has a small chance of winning. Or she, she has the very high chance of going to parties, events, hanging out, doing show, you know, whatever. She's going to be Izzy Fields. Yeah, exactly. You know, my, uh, you know, by extension because of this, and that's what I think. I think it becomes a blessing and a curse mixed into one. And God bless her, she is reining it in, and her skill is so flawless because she is so adaptable. And dude, yeah, you gotta watch Survivor, bro. I don't know, Legion. I don't know if you watched Suri on Survivor. You got yeah, to watch her. Okay, awesome her seasons because yeah. this is why i'm always gush she's one of the few reality game show contestants that i will gush over because of her skill other than like boston rob uh you know of survivor uh, uh johnny bananas of the challenge you know it's because no, of i don't like johnny bananas. dr will you know of uh big brother it's just amazing her her poise her intelligence her way to navigate you know you become water, you know, you become the the pots, the, the river, wherever you are. And she's very good at adapting, which is a very rare and hard skill to master. Shout out to Sari. Okay, so still to come, on Sunday, there's the HOH competition in which the scary verse sends a never-before-seen twist into the game. On Wednesday, we got the POV. Will one of the nominees be saved? And then on Thursday, once again, another live vote and eviction. So Sunday's HOH competition. You know, we got the HOH competition. We've got nominations and that sort of thing. At the end of the episode, we get a tease, my assumption is, for the HOH competition. 
<laughs> we got some very bad um, vocal dubbing from Julie, because I don't think she was live there saying this. I think there was a pre-recorded situation. She's like, Houskis, Houskis, where are you? We got the Big Brother cameras whooshing around the house. Nobody's there. And then we flash to the backyard where a mysterious portal has appeared. And no, Michael Pena, no one steps out of the portal. We do not have a new house guest. The portal disappears. <laughs> and the house guests, I'm assuming, have either been sent to the scary verse or Julie's Nether region. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm assuming they're going to the Nether region. Maybe the scary verse sends people to the Nether region. Ooh, because that's what happened on premiere night. Yeah. Oh, yes, that is true. He got pulled into it. Yes. And as uh, as Corey said, to which you you heard it uh, much more correctly, Mr. Pena, Corey did say that very soon, you know, people will go to the nether region for a much longer time than the hour or so than Corey was in it. So if it's a long competition, I mean, they will be in there for longer than an hour. True, or maybe a day or two. They're not going to be... All the house guests going to be in the nether region for a day. That's Dude. a whole lot of time. I wonder if it's going to be hot. Another region you. sounds hot. And sweaty. I bet it does. I bet it does to you, my friend. <laughs> yes. It was funny because in my wife was watching it, my son was watching the ending with me, and they go to the the scary room, right? And they're like, oh, the house guests are right there. You see all their hands, like the hands on the window. Oh, that's like, too much. I love I it. Like, I love it. That would be that would be hilarious. Yes. That's Frankie Grande trying to get back in the house. My gosh, dude. Don't <laughs> he, he's okay. He's not an icon. He's not a legend. My wife is like, stop. Cause I was saying it out loud because he kept saying it. I was like, no, I'm not going to stop. That's like calling Josh a big brother, a, a, a real big brother winner. I was like, no, they hated Paul. Granted, I hated Paul too. But I, don't, I don't see him as a real winner. Yeah. That's for another day. That is for another day. All right, so we've got stuff to come. We're going to see the Nether region for the first time. Who's going to win the HOH competition? Stay tuned. I'm excited. Ooh, let's, let's guess. Yeah. Oh, do we yeah. want to guess? Let me just say this really quick. I'm excited that we're going to see a never-before-seen twist. Um, Ooh, oh, wait. Well, you know what? Never-before-seen twist. You might be right, Mr. Benjamin. Maybe they're there. Maybe they're in the Nether region for a week. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> yes. And, and in the Nether region, it. Josh and <laughs> Evil Dick are there banging pots and pans. That would be awesome. Yes. Okay. So who do we think is going to win the HOH competition? This is like a, a, a crack shot type of situation because we have no idea what the competition is and that sort of thing. But we know that everybody except for Riley can win. Uh, do we want to say a specific house guest or do we want to guess which side of the house is going to win? No. Specific house Specific house guest. House and if you want to, we can just say two random nominees for the fun of it. You want to do two random nominees? Why not, man? That's All right, the scramble verse has taken over. <laughs> the scramble verse has taken over in in the body of Michael Pena. All right, well, Mr. Pena, since you're making up all these rules, my assumption is that you must have a, a guesses already. So while Legionnaire yeah. and I oh. think, go ahead. I, 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 I'm man. I'm playing any mini mini mo, but. Uh, I would think a fun HOH. I will, and I, you know, I'm just gonna say it. I think Red's gonna take it. He doesn't feel the safest. I feel like he's gonna play hard, regardless of the fact he was. Yes, he's in a group, but it was put in later. 
and he confronted the HOH, not on her team, so he's going to play hard. I'm picking Red. I think he has random, you know, country strength in there. The two Shout out to the random country strength. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, he looks like he can move a lot. I'm going to go with my two random nominees, so then if he's one side, he's going to pick the other. I want to say Riley will be put up, and I want to say let's go – you know what? I know this is going to be your side. I don't want to see it, but Riley and Jag, those would be the two that might be put up. Oh, interesting. All right, going for the the two heads of the snake immediately, the final two deal. Exactly. Okay. Legionnaire, who do you think, or who would you like to see win HOH, and who do you think their nominees could be? I guess if I were pressed to pick one, I want to see, I want to see Hysom. Oh, okay. I want to see Hysom win HOH, and I would want to see, hmm, Corey and Jag put up, just because. All right. It's funny, we're all leaning towards one side of the house. Which is interesting, because <laughs> yeah. even though you, Mr. Pena, I think you like Riley's side more, but you pick the opposite side of the house, which is interesting. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, man. I'm actually pretty equal to be up front. Oh, okay. I, I, I love Sari, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Riley, Jag, and Blue, and even uh, and Miko. Miko's on the other side. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of those groups, so this is one of the rare seasons where I'm usually, I usually go to one side real quickly. That's just the way I like watching. But... I, like I told you, I like the entire group so far. So it's like I'm not really against anyone. It's more of individuals that I personally like. So I don't mm-hmm. care about the side. I okay. care about the individuals playing. All right. I like it. I can dig it. Okay, so if I had to guess, like a truly chaotic HOH would be Izzy. But I, I can't have her be HOH yet because I feel like she's going to implode. And then she'll be the nominee the week after. So I hope Izzy does not win HOH. And now because I'm saying that aloud, of course Izzy will win HOH. But I hope Izzy does not win HOH. If I were to pick someone... Oh god, this is difficult. Because now I'm thinking of people, I'm thinking of like, random, like you wouldn't think they would win. Because we don't know what type of competition this is going to be. And if it's like a crapshoot competition, then anybody can win. Like in my mind, I'm like, do I want to pick Bowie Jane? Or do I want to pick Miss Felicia? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, You know what, let me go with Miss Felicia. Just because I'm really digging her. She fell in the hot tub. She's been dropping mics in the toilet and in the hot tub and everywhere. Let's give her a win. So I'll have her win the HOH. So that means that that side is in control. So that means the other side will be nominated. And I think Cameron. And I think... I think Cameron... And Blue would be the nominees. My mind, uh, sort of like my, my uh, the way that I'm thinking about it is, Cameron has kind of rough feathers a little bit. The other side of the house, um, the Bye Bye Bitches, Professor's side of the house, they've noticed that he seems to have his claws like deeper in that alliance. And so they could see him more as a threat. So I could see him being nominated. And Blue would kind of just be the random person that would be paired up with him so that, to make sure that he goes home. I don't think they're going to immediately, like, put Riley up. So I I think she's safe from the block, even though she has been scared shitless this entire week that she will be going on the block. But we'll see. 
Will the bye-bye bitches slash the professors or the handful succeed at the HOH competition? We're going to have to stay tuned. Turning out to be a great season so far. I hope they can keep it up. I agree. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, my fellow house guests, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with our very special guest, Legionnaire. Good night, listeners. Stay safe. Be well out there. And Mr. Pena. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually. I'm Jeffrey Aruz. Love one another. Good night.